Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Journey Through Sonship podcast. I am Calvin Calhoun, Jr., and this is the last message on our guide to newborns, our guide to newborns. It's our September focus moment, and today we want to talk about repentance, love, and correction. Repentance, love, and correction. Now, why would I want to talk about all three of those things? That would seem like that's a lot of stuff to talk about in a podcast. Well, what, if you go back and listen to the previous messages, this is what we're building up to. And to our newborns, in our last message, we talked about being accountable to somebody. We said that we're being held accountable or we're accountable to a spiritual father or a pastor, okay? And and being accountable is that they're called to watch for our souls. They're called to help nurture and bring us up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. They're called to be an example to us to show us the type of relationship that we're called to have with our Heavenly Father. They're called to help set us on our path that we can hear the voice of the Lord, obey the Lord, and fulfill His will for our lives for the kingdom. Okay? So that's what it's for. Now, in order to start this journey, the first thing you're going to have to learn to accept, learn to accept is correction. You've got to learn how to accept correction. And let me tell you why. Because the first elementary doctrine of Christ is repentance from acts that lead to death. Repentance from acts that lead to death. Now, before we go there, I'm going to show you the importance of repentance. Everybody turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. Okay? Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. It says this, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So a reasonable service means you don't get no cookies and no gifts for this. This is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to present your body as a living sacrifice unto God. It says this, and then he says, and, so present your body as a living sacrifice, but then he says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, there's a lot right there. But, of course, we're talking about this for newborns. So we're going to keep this really, really plain so that all that hear the message can receive something. Okay, dead sacrifices, were dead sacrifices, very simply put, were the old sacrifices back in the Old Testament. They would kill a bull, kill a sheep, kill a goat. Okay, those became dead sacrifices. Okay, they were symbolic but they're dead sacrifices. Well, guess what? He said, present your body as a living sacrifice. What's, what we, we're sacrificing ourselves to cease from doing our will to doing the will of God. Okay? Let me tell you something. The, in the Old Testament, there was a fire that the burnt offerings were, off, were sacrificed on. They would take that fire from the burnt offerings and put and use it to light the fire of the golden incense, I mean the incense for the golden censer, which was a symbol of the prayers of the saints. And, and, and in, a, in a really short understanding of that meant this, when the saints laid down their lives for the will of God, for God to do his perfect will through them, it says when they prayed, their prayers were a sweet smell to the nostrils of God. And ultimately God answered their prayers. 
okay? But it came from a son whose life had been sacrificed to the purposes of God. They ceased to do their own will. They now have given over their life to service to the Lord, okay? Now, look what it says, but and be not conformed to this world, okay? Do not be conformed to the ways of the world, okay? The, the ways of Satan's system. Don't be conformed to that, but be ye what? Transformed. That means utterly changed by the renewing of your mind. That's where the repentance comes from. By the renewing of your mind. That is how you're transformed. Where are we being transformed? From the son of Adam to the son of God. We remember we were translated from the kingdom. Of, when we were saved, we were translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God. But in order to live in the kingdom of God, you must have the mind of Christ. But you must move from being led by your soul to being led by the mind of Christ. That's why it says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That means our mindset has to be changed. Our minds have to be changed. And let me tell you why. He tells you exactly why in that exact same verse. He says what? And be not conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I told you a couple of messages ago, you're called to know the will of your father. But you can't know the will of the Father until your mind has been renewed and you've been transformed. That's why in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he says, um, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. What? Behold. Behold means to look. All things have become new. So people should be able to see the new creation, the son of God that you are. First, by the renewing of your mind. Now, that brings us to our spiritual fathers and their responsibilities. Let me tell you something. You've got to be able to accept the chastisement and the correction of the Lord. Because when you come into the body of Christ, your mind needs to be changed to the mind of Christ. So know what you're going to hear a lot of? You're going to hear a lot of no's. No, we don't do this. No, we don't do that. That's what we did in the former life. That's what we did in our past life. No, 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 no. You don't do this. No, no, no. You got to get used to being corrected in the body of Christ, especially starting out. Now, we're all still being changed from glory to glory, and we're all being called to repent and change our mind as we move from one level of glory to another level in our maturity. Okay? So repentance will always be there. Repentance will always be there. But it starts, in order to start seeing the change, that new creation, your mind has to be changed. And the way that God changes your mind is by giving you uh, fathers, spiritual fathers to help bring you up in maturity, but help you change your mind about the way that you see life and in your relationship with the Lord so that the way that you once were thinking in the old man, you now convert to being like Christ, being as a son of God. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. Verse number five, it says this, it says, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children, my son. Remember I told you the most important title God ever gave you was son. That's the most important title. Not saint, though he called you a saint. 
not citizen, though he called you a citizen. The most important title is son. He says, my son, despise not the, chaste the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when you are rebuked of him. I have to constantly talk to my natural kids about, if I did not correct you, I did not love you. If I don't correct you, I don't love you. And trust me, I don't want you to make the same mistakes I made. I share with my children the mistakes that I made so they know that this is what's going to happen if you do this. But because I love them, that's why I chase them. Just as, as God so loved us, he chases us. But look what he says. He deals with you. For whom the Lord chase loveth, he chastens and scourgeth every son whom he receives. So God's going to chasten you. He's going to rebuke you. He's going to tell you, no, this is not the way. No, that's not the way. We need to change our mind about this. You don't treat people this way. You don't do that this way. You don't chase after this. We don't act this way. We don't treat a woman this way. We don't treat a man this way. It's how we entreat a father. This is how we should entreat the elders. This is the honor we're called to show. Yes, it's a lot of mind changing. It is. But guess what? Listen to me. You follow what the scripture is saying right here. All right, watch this. It says, if you endure, so you got to endure it, endure the chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. See, he ain't even changed the title yet. He says he's dealing with you as sons. But look what he says. For what son is he whom the father chases not? A father loves his sons. And guess what? He, he loves them. He will chasten them. He'll correct them. Which one of us is going to sit down and let one of our children stick a fork in an electrical outlet? No. You're going to say, hey, no, stop. You're going to correct them. You're going to say, no, don't do that. Which one of us is going to let our children put their hand on a hot stove? No, you're going to correct them immediately to let them know that that's hot and you're going to get burned. Why? Because we love them. But if you be without chastisement, now lit, now this is even for the so-called seasoned saints. If you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then you are bastards and not sons. A bastard is a fatherless individual. But listen to me. If you be without chastisement, we should never get to a point where we don't think that we can't be chastened. I don't care how old you get. We'll always need to be chasing the Lord because we're maturing growth, growth, glory to glory. And there's some things about us that God has to continually adjust until we conform to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 13. So that's what our maturity is, is about. But there's going to be some chastening and some rebuking that God's going to put you through to conform form you to the image of Christ. Watch this. Furthermore, we have had, verse 9, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? Look, he said, look, you gave reverence to the natural fathers that you had. How much more reverence should you give to God and live eternally? Eternally. For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, 
but he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Listen to me. So in other words, the purpose of his chastisement is to bring you in alignment with his nature and his character. And that is called holiness. God said, be ye holy for I am holy. We're called to be like God in his nature and in his character. Now watch this. Now, verse 11. Now no chastening for the present seems to be joyous but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Listen to me. Please hear me because we've all been here. When we're being chastened and we're being rebuked, it's not pleasant. I'm not going to even pretend to that. It's not pleasant. And trust me, your feelings rise up real quick. But you got to check that. You got to check your feelings at the door. Because if God loves you and your spiritual father loves you as God loves you, they're going to rebuke you and chase you and tell you when you're wrong. I've been rebuked and chastened by my spiritual father. And guess what? At first I had, I thought about it, but I said, wait a minute now. God gave him to me to watch over my soul. And if he loves me the way God loves me, I need to submit to that word. I need to submit to that correction, especially when it's coming from God. And we know God speaks through people too. And when we reject them, the ones who are spoken, it's not when we reject them, we're not actually rejecting them. The Bible says we're rejecting God who sent them. Be careful. It says what? It's not pleasant. It's not. It's grievous at the moment. And I tell my children this. I know when I'm correcting you and telling you wrong. You can be a little upset with me. You can, And this is the word to you. You can be a little pissed with me sometimes. But always know that my correction is out of love for you. But also it says what? In the end, it's going to produce a fruit of righteousness. And that's what you want. See, in the moment, it's grievous. But in the long term, it produces righteousness, holiness, mercy, compassion, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, counsel, power, lordship. But it all begins, it begins, listen to me, it begins with repentance. And what is repentance very quickly? Repentance is a change of the mind. Repentance is a change of the mind. Look at Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1. He tells us right there, therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. I tell you right now, there's no other doctrine than the doctrine of Christ. You need to know his doctrine first. His doctrine first. As a newborn babe, that's to desire the sincere milk of the word is to know the doctrines of Christ. That should be the first thing that every pastor, preacher, spiritual father teach, they teach their sons. It's what? The doctrines of Christ. Because that is a word that will mature them. That is a word that's full of grace and truth to bring them up, to establish them as a son. But look at this, it says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. The word perfection, there, of course, is the word maturity. Let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. The very first doctrine is repentance from dead 
works. Young people, newborns, let me share this with you. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt, God saved them. They were saved. God translated them from the hands of the, of the Egyptians into God's hands, into his leadership. But when they got out into the wilderness, there was something about them that was still in Egypt. And it was their mindsets. Their mindsets. It was the way they thought, the way they lived, the way, the way they understood how to live was still Egyptian in itself. So when God took them into the wilderness, he took them into a place where the way they were living and the way they got their needs met will not work there. So they had to change their mind about how their needs were met. God would meet their needs. He didn't want his people working by the sweat of their brow for food and for clothing and for uh, uh, food, clothing and drink. Matthew chapter 6. He said, take no thought what you shall eat or what you shall drink or how you shall be clothed. The children of Israel should not have had to worry about that. And so when God took them into the wilderness, he took them into a place where he knew what they were doing in Egypt would not work there. So when they came out, of course, Moses would go up into the mountain. What's the first thing they would do? They were grumbling and complaining. How are we going to eat? How are we going to drink? They grieved as people who did not know God. And of course, what did they do? They built a golden calf at the mountain, at the base of the mountain of God. That was a symbol of rebellion. It also showed that their mind had not been transformed. It had not been changed to being God, being their sovereign ruler and their king. And 3,000 people were judged for that rebellion at the base of God's mountain. God would provide manna from heaven. God would provide water from the rock. We know all these things are a picture of Christ. And he provided clothing for the children of Israel while they were in the wilderness. But it's their minds that had to change. A whole generation had to die in the wilderness before they were allowed to enter into the promised land because they wanted to hold on to the mind of the world. And in this case, it was the mind of Egypt. A whole generation died. Look, from Egypt to to the promised land was an 11-day journey. It became 40 years because a whole generation had to die because they did not want to change their mind of how of who they were and how they were called to live. Your journey does not have to be that long. The quicker that we submit to God, the quicker that we repent, the quicker we receive the chastisement of the Lord and receive his correction and understand what it means to be a son of God. Guess what? Our 40-year journey can become the 11-day journey. But trust me, you got to go through the wilderness. And when you're a newborn babe, the good thing is that Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You're not alone in this walk. God's given you pastors and spiritual fathers that's called to bring you up in the nurture and in the things of Christ. But you got to be able to accept correction. You got to be able to accept chastisement. You got to be able to repent from the way you were living. Because remember now, you clearly said you were living wrong. That's why you needed a Savior. So now the Savior saves you and know what he needs now for you to do? Change your mind. Change the way you think. Because the old man has passed away. Behold, look, all things have become new. And the only way that they, be, they can begin to become new in you is that you change your mind and receive the chastisement 
of God. The chastisement of God, though it's grievous and it can, it, it's not joyous at the moment, it's going to produce fruits of righteousness in your life. You have that guarantee from the Lord. So I want to urge each and everyone, please go back and listen to all seven messages as a guide to newborns. It, I, I really enjoy doing this and I pray that anyone who has a newborn in Christ, I will urge you to listen to these messages because we need people that come into the faith and know who they are, who God created them to be, and, and what their purpose is and how do they begin this walk in Christ? How do they begin this walk as a son, a saint, and a citizen of God's kingdom? What does that mean? These messages are geared for that. And some of us, we've been living so religiously, we got to come back to this. Because it says sometimes there was a time when you ought to be teachers that you have need that one teach you again, which be the first oracles of the principles of God as those have need of milk and not of strong, uh, not of meat. So there was a time when people who ought to have been teachers should be teachers, but you have need that one bring you back to milk. It's okay. I'd rather admit that I need milk than to believe I'm bigger and, and, and more mature than what who I truly am or what I truly am. That's a false deception. I'm going to tell you, you're going to get whipped by the devil. As a newborn babe, God's going to shield you and protect you, but also know you've got to differentiate between the time when God's chastening you Versus an attack of the enemy. And that's why we have spiritual fathers that watch over our soul. So we can differentiate between the two. Because once we've been able to learn and, and exercise that discernment, we're going to be able to differentiate when we see something happening. That is this the, the chastening of the Lord? Is this a baptism of fire? Or is this an attack of the enemy? Or is this me just making a bad decision and reaping the consequences of it? It, it can be all those. It can be that. But we have to differentiate. Because our response is going to determine what we believe it is to be true. And so, may God bless you all. I love you all. For all my newborns, welcome to the house of God. Listen to these messages over and over again. I'm telling you, I've listened to them at work. And, and it, it, it clicks me back every once in a while. Listen to them. Be fed. Be nourished. This is the bread for the children. This is why all this is done so freely. I don't charge anybody for this because God gave it to me freely. I share it with you freely. So I love you all. God bless you. Till we meet again on the Journey Through Sonship podcast. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful day.